And I tell you, it's kind of sad, but every day we're seeing people give up on Jesus. And, man, what he said there, he never give up on us. And aren't we glad, amen, that he's never give up on us. I was, I was a little late this morning getting here because I got watching a thing on CBS this morning. Some of you might have seen that. It was kind of the daily, the weekly news thing they do. But they were interviewing this guy that grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, went to First Baptist Church, and uh, said he remembered being saved at a youth rally when he was 15 years old. And, and he said his family was, went to that church, his Relation, we're all married in that church. He was baptized in that church. But here recently, he decided to walk away. He decided that he was an atheist. He decided that that wasn't for him anymore. And my heart broke for him because he, they got to talking about how he was kicked out of the family and, and nobody would talk to him anymore. He, he lost his job at the school teaching because he said because of that, because of him admitting to admitting to be an atheist. And it reminded me of the verses in, in the end of the Bible in Revelation that says those that endure to the end will overcome. And there's a, there's a lot of things going on in the world today, guys, and a lot of changes, so to speak, in culture and social acceptance and things. And, and what the people are saying is, in fact, give up on Jesus and just follow this way because that's kind of old and it's kind of out of date it's kind of antique and this bible is really old i mean it was written by guys over 2000 years ago and and man you know there's something more up to date we're a we're a progressive country and we're a progressive bunch of people and things change every day but you know one thing that doesn't change it's god god is the same yesterday today and forever and i am so thankful for that we talked about that on easter sunday but i just my heart broke for him i just you know, the Bible says once you believe and walk away, which I believe fully that you can't ever walk away if you truly believe. And it's, it's a faith thing, all right? I've never seen God with my own eyes. I've never touched him with my own hands. I've never heard him speak as far as verbally like I'm speaking to you now. But I have seen him speak through his word. I have seen the Holy Spirit direct my heart. I have seen the Holy Spirit lead me to salvation. I've had the Holy Spirit help me to understand the scripture and the more I read and the more I understand the more I believe that someday I'll see but we have to remember we don't have to see to believe we have to believe to see because he's asked us to believe by what by faith and this is a faith thing this is a faith thing we if you would be turning Deuteronomy 11 this is kind of a uh, what we've been doing on Wednesday nights we've been studying the book of Deuteronomy it's a it's a really powerful book for you that were here Wednesday night, I apologize about some of the first part of this because you've heard these scriptures before, but once in a while we hit something, or well, a lot of times, but once in a while, just something I think that would, would help all of us. And, and we look at this scripture, and, and God and Moses is telling this younger generation, many of you could tell this by, by heart when you've been here on Wednesday night, because we've talked about it every week, but Moses is addressing in Deuteronomy, he's addressing the younger generation the generation that came after the ones that denied to go into the promised land. See, real quick, they were all in Egypt. They were in slavery, and they prayed and prayed and prayed that God would deliver them. Well, God delivered them, and he took them out of there through Moses and through signs and wonders and all these things. And, and Moses took these people out of there, and they brought them to, the, to the, the brink of the promised land, the promised land, the land that God had promised to give them all the way back to Abraham. In the Abrahamic covenant, 
and they got right to the front porch. And they looked over there and they seen giants, they seen walled cities, they seen things that were bigger than them, and they said, there is no way we can do what God said. They doubted God. And we live in a society today that doubts God. They doubt that he says he can do what he says he can do. They doubt that he's coming again. And guys, I believe with all my heart, Jesus Christ is coming again. But people doubt that. They doubt that today. They want us to believe that that's old stuff. It's old-fashioned. The Israelites even sent spies over to look at the land. And God said, I want you to go and take the land. I'm giving it to you. Here it is. It's yours. Just go and take it. And they said, we don't believe you can do what you say you can do, God. That's what they were saying. I don't believe you can do what you say you can do. And they turned their back and walked away from the promised land. And for the next 40 years, they wandered in the, in the wilderness. And God said, everyone 20 years older and older will not go into the promised land. And so they wandered in the wilderness as grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, as they died, they're in the wilderness. And God provided for those people. And now in Deuteronomy, Moses is addressing that younger generation, the kids that were little when they decided not to go in. And now it's their turn. And now it's their turn. And guys, just thinking about that, Aren't we glad that there's been someone faithful in every generation behind us, in front of us? We think about our moms and dads. We think about our grandmas and grandpas. Maybe your mom and dad, maybe your grandma and grandpa weren't faithful, but somebody in that family was. I believe that with all my heart or you wouldn't be here today. Someone was faithful. And you know what? Now it's our turn. Now it's our turn to believe. It's our turn to say, yes, God is real. It's our turn to tell our kids that Jesus is real. It's our turn to raise our kids and teach them well in the Father's way. It's our time. It's our turn, just as it was these Israelites' time. And we have to decide whether we're going to... They were interviewing other people during that show this morning, and one mama had decided to bring their kids up in the, in the thing of free thinking. Just whatever you want to think, it's okay. Just free thinking. And guys, listen to me. Don't get me wrong. It's good that our kids are imaginative. It's, kids, it's, it's good that our kids can think on their own. I, I, we want all that. But guys, this Word of God tells us, and we'll read this morning, that we're supposed to hide God's Word in our heart, and that we're supposed to impress that upon our children. And we're supposed to teach them about God's Word. And we're supposed to teach them that this is truth, and this is life, and that Jesus is real. And Moses told these people over and over and over. We've been in in Deuteronomy since January, and we hear that every week, the same story, the same thing. And you know why? It's what I told our folks on Wednesday night. We are a hard-headed bunch, amen, or oh me. We're a hard-headed bunch. We have to hear it over and over and over before we do. And that's what he was telling them this morning. Well, let's begin. Walk faithfully and obey the Lord. Verse 13, go down to verse 13 in chapter 11 of Deuteronomy. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today... And here's the commands, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, let me just say something up front. Yes, this was to the Israelites' people, but I believe as we read this together today, we can glean and we can receive a lot of information that we can use in 2015. I believe God's word is very unique like that. I believe we can read scripture that was way back thousands of years ago, and it's just as applicable today as it was back then. It's an amazing book. As we look at these things today, 
So if you faithfully obey my commands I'm giving you today, God today has asked us. He's asked us some things. He says, to love your God. To love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And to serve him with all your heart. Not only to love him. See, we can, we can love him. We can, we can say we're apart. But if we don't get in the game, how can we say we're apart? I told him this morning in class, we got a football player in there, Oscar. I pick on him all the time. And, and he, I was saying, Oscar, it would, be, it would be awful to say, I'm on the football team. I got me a helmet. But you don't ever go to practice and you don't ever go to the game. That'd be kind of weird. I'm on the team. I got me a helmet. I got me a Bible. I'm on the team. But I don't ever get in the game. I don't ever serve. I don't ever tell anybody about Jesus. I don't impress upon my children how important God is. This is the only time I really think about it, right here, this hour, right now. And listen, we're glad you're here, and I'm glad I'm here. Because we all need, need each other. We're broken together, amen? We're broken. But guys, listen to me. He wants us to love him, but out of that love should come some action. Some action, some do. And that's what he said. I want you to do something when you get in the promised land. I want you to do something. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Now, I know that was to the, the Jewish people there, all right? But also, if you think about rain as showers of blessings, and God putting blessings on your life, and God giving you what you need, and God taking care of, of, of the things that you need from day to day, he says, if you'll follow me, if you'll obey my commands, if you'll love me with all your heart, if you'll serve, I'm going to take care of you. Y'all believe that's still true today? I do. I believe it's just as true today as it was for these Israelites back then. We wonder, why is life so hard? We wonder why things are so difficult. Why is things always going the wrong way? Are you keeping God's commands? And listen, I can't answer that for you, and you can't answer that for me. Only we can answer it one-on-one -on -one with God. But I think we can pick and choose. We can pick and choose curses, or we can pick and choose, we can have blessings. We'll see that in just a minute. Next screen, please. Now, thinking about this rain and all that got me thinking about Second Chronicles. Now, this is one of the greatest verses, and we use this for revival, and Mr. Bill, my father-in-law, loves this verse, and he, he's just kind of got me to loving it. But here, here it talks about, when I shut up the heavens so there is no rain. Think about what he just said. If you'll obey me, if you'll follow me, when you need rain, you'll get rain. When you need food, you'll get food. Let me think about, let's think about it like this. When I turn my back on, on God, all right, on those times when I turn my back on God and I don't experience those showers of blessings like I should, look here what he says. Or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If all things are going wrong, and guys, you know, look at our country today. We got a lot going wrong sometimes. I love being American. I love being in the United States. I love the freedoms we have. But guys, I see a lot, I see a lot of our country turning its back on the Lord. And that worries me. But there is a solution to that. Just like there was a solution here. They were dedicating the temple that day with Solomon here in this verse. Look what happened. Here's, here's, the, here's the remedy. You know, you go to the doctor, he gives you a prescription. Here, take this and you'll feel better. How do we need to fix our country? How do we need to fix each other? Look here in 14. If my people who are called by my name, that's us, that's believers. That's not people out there that don't care. That's believers, okay? 
do what? Well, humble themselves. Say, this is not about me. This is about God. This is about, this is about caring for others. Well, humble themselves and pray. Get out on your knees. Guys, listen to me. When I get on my knees, I feel humbled. I feel humbled because I realize that I can't stand up in the face of God and shout at him to do this and do that for me, that when I get on my knees, all of a sudden I realize, God, it's not my will, but your will. Well, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Well, Brother Todd, I thought he said it was his people. Well, he did. But you know what? I have my wicked ways, and you have your wicked ways. Don't you hate that? We still have them. Remember he said, if you even think about it, you've done it. Mm. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That would fix America right there. This would fix America right here. It also fix your home. also fix your individual life. It also gets you closer to God. And I like this part in 15. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. God cares. He's listening. You're talking about the God of the universe that just spoke it into existence. But he cares enough to hear your prayers and your prayers and your prayers and your prayers and my prayers. Isn't that amazing that he loves us that much? Isn't it amazing that he can hear all our prayers at one time? But he can. Let's move on. Go back to Deuteronomy now. That, just, that verse just made me think of what we read there at the first part of Deuteronomy. Look at verse 16 in Deuteronomy. And, and here's the title. Don't let your worship wander. This is what he told these people over and over and over, guys. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, it's what we've been studying on Wednesday night. Over and over and over, he said, do not worship false idols. Do not put something in my place. And you go, Brother Todd, I don't have, I don't have one golden idol in my house. I don't, I, don't, I don't worship anything but God. Let me ask you this question. What gets the most attention in your life? Is it God? Is it work? Is it your children? Is it your hobbies? Is it school? You see, whatever gets more attention in your life than God can become your idol. I'm not saying it is your idol, but it can become your idol because it gets more important. I'd rather do that than follow God. I'd rather do that than love him with my own heart. I'd rather do that than serve God. And all of a sudden, that becomes, whatever that is, that becomes more important than what God has for you. Be careful. You'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Brother Todd, I've never worshipped any other god. Think about, think about your life for a minute. Think about what's really important. Think about how much God was talked about in your house this week. Think about how much you opened up this word this week. Did you, did you open up this Bible since last Sunday? See, only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. You may be doing great. But what I'm saying is you can see how quick and how easy it is to turn your attention to other things. To other things but look here and we learned this that we learned this Wednesday night in, in our terms today God don't play we, we have been 
we, we kind of look at serving God as if I want to, I can. If I don't want to, I can. If I want to come to church, I can. If I don't want to come to church, I can. If I want to help in Sunday school, I can. If I don't want, you know, we just look at all those things. We kind of flip-flop and, you know, we're just kind of half, halfway at it sometime. You know, we're here, we're there. You know, if I'm there, it's okay. If I'm not, God understands. But look at this. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut up the heavens so it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and mind. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, again, he's talking to the Israelites about when you get in the promised land, you need to follow me if you don't. You're going to know that you're not following me. You're going to see signs. It's not going to rain. You're not going to have a good crop. Things are going to be difficult. And he said, I want you to, I want you to think about this. I want, I want it to be in your brain. I want it to be in your heart to follow me. Now, in later days, the Jews got so into this verse that they would take little leather straps, and, and still some today do this. They're called phylacteries, I think, if I'm saying that word right. But they, they put this band around their head and had a little pouch. And in that pouch was the, the verse, Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It was in that pouch. And they would, they would help them remember. And, and we'll read here in a minute about put it on your door frames and your doorposts. They would put scripture on their doorposts. And before you walked in the house, you had to read that. It was just kind of a thing you did. You, you read that before you went in. But see, here's the thing. We, we can know, and I told this to him Wednesday night, we can know this from front to back. We can know everything about this book, but if we don't apply it to our lives, we're wasting our time. I've heard people tell me, oh, Daddy knew the Bible. Oh, Mama, Mama knew the Bible. And listen, that's great. To read the Bible through, that's a great thing. To know this Bible, that's a great thing. But you know what I'd like to hear? Mama knew Jesus. Daddy, Daddy knew the Bible, but Daddy knew Jesus. And Daddy told me about Jesus. And Daddy showed me how much Jesus loved me through this word. This Bible is a great book. But if you're just waiting on this book to take you to heaven, this is not what gets you to heaven. It's knowing about the man this book's about. And it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. So they would tie them on there. The Lord's anger, it, it just welled up. We read a story the other night that would just amaze you. Read it sometimes. Number 16, I think. And... and God just don't play. We, we've just kind of got so, so light with God. We, we don't fear God anymore. And even your pastor has, has kind of described that as, well, just respect him. Have a loving respect for God. But I tell you what, if you look at some of the things that happened in the Old Testament, it will not only be a loving respect, you will actually fear God. You'll be afraid to move because afraid you might get zapped. I know that's kind of weird, but, man, this group was... This group decided they were going to raise up and overtake Moses. And they were just going to, they were going to be bigger than Moses. And they were going to go outside of what God wanted. Next thing you know, God told the people, get away. Get away from these three people. And the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed their whole family and closed back up on them. You think God plays? Do you think we take God as serious as we should sometimes? It also says the other people that followed them, they were burnt. They just, they, it said fire fell from heaven and they were incinerated. And then later, because all the people denied God, a plague come out. It said 14,000 people in the, in the camp died 
because of this plague. And all the while, Aaron's praying for the people and, and praying that God would forgive them. So within just, just a few moments, 15,000 people died. Think God plays? I think we've got so relaxed in serving God. What a friend we have in Jesus, and he is our friend. But, but we just treat him so... We treat him like a friend that we like sometimes, and we don't see him, that's okay. If we do, that's okay. It's just casual. And God said, don't, don't treat me like that. Treat me number one. Treat me number one. Let's go on. Teach them through your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Is anything left there? Teach them to your children all the time. And guys, model that in your life. Don't, don't have your children to go to church to find out about Jesus. And we love teaching your kids. Don't, don't have them go out here on TV and find out about Jesus. And there's some great preachers on TV. But let them hear from mom and dad. Sometimes all we teach them is how to beat a Razorback. Amen? How to be a Cardinal fan. See, the preacher's getting convicted now, you know. I make sure the girls have got Razorback shirts and Cardinal shirts, you know. But guys, there's nothing more important than telling them about Jesus. And praying. Pray with your kids. Read the Bible to your kids. You know, Dana was sitting there reading the other night. Annie got her a Bible for Christmas, I think maybe last year. And sometimes in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if we just sit down and read the Bible, that's going to be way over Annie's head. And that's stupid. That's stupid of me to think that. Because God's Word, is, it's universal. Now, I'm not saying she'll understand every little thing. But you know what? I, I, believe, I believe the Holy Spirit, he's told me as an adult he'll help me understand his word. I, I believe the Holy Spirit will help that little girl to understand that word. Just reading it to her. You know, we think we have to put everything in a story, and, it, and that's cool. That's okay. But, but I just heard Dana just read her the words off the page. You know, we read, read, read them all kind of books. We, we get, man, we, they love book fair. They love to read, you know. We've read books with Abby and, and the girls that grew up. But just to sit down and read the Word of God, just, just read it to them. It was just, I don't know, it just hit me that I'm missing something here, you know. See, I, I get taught lessons every day, too. Sometimes we get thinking about, well, you know, we need to bring it down on their level. And when we do, and they're doing a great job of that at Children's Church, and you Sunday school teachers, I appreciate you. But he said, he said take these words... And impress them on their heart. R read this word to your kids. Let, let them hear this. So that someday when they're 15 or 16, they'll go, what is that? I've never heard that before. That's why Sunday school is important. That's why teaching them well is important. Write them on your door frames of your houses, on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Now, he's talking here that as long as you obey me, you're going to have that, that sweet promised land. I'm not so sure that just because 
we put things on our doorpost and impress them on our children, it doesn't mean our days are going to be longer as far as on earth. But you know what? Our days with him is going to be forever. Amen? If we impress them on our kids and they come to know Christ and we know Christ, and even though we, maybe we just live a short time on this earth, but you know what? We're going to be with him in the promised land in heaven forever and ever and ever. And that's for as long as we want to be. I mean, we're going to be there forever. It's going to be great. So you think about it that way. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. If you've got Bible verses on your walls, if you've got pictures on your walls, you have scripture where your kids see that, maybe some scripture on their little mirror there where they get ready every morning. I think that would be good. But let me also say you something. You can have a scripture and a picture of Jesus on every wall in your house. And if you don't live that life in front of them, that there is useless. So there's a responsibility. It's more than tacking a scripture on the wall or a pretty picture of the Ten Commandments or a pretty picture of for God so loved the world. It's how you act, how you live, how you model Christ in front of them is so important. And that's what Moses was telling these people. That's what God wanted Moses to tell them. Look, you've got to live for me. You've got to do it, and you've got to do it to the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. It's very important. Let's go on. God keeps his promises. Aren't you glad? If you carefully observe all these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. You know, there was a time, I think, that the world, it feared, so to speak, the United States of America. I think we've come to a time where they're not so afraid of us anymore. And you know why that is? Because of that first part there. We haven't observed all the commands that God gave us. We haven't loved the Lord our God. We haven't walked in obedience, and we haven't held fast to Jesus. You see, that got to be old-fashioned. But you know what? For our grandmas and grandpas, it wasn't old-fashioned. They call them the greatest generation of our lifetime, or of all time. Ones that weren't afraid to get up and fight for what was right. Ones that weren't get, afraid to get up and stand up for what was right. Ones that weren't afraid to stand up for Jesus and God's word. You see, we like to blame a lot of people about where the world's headed and where the life's headed and where our country's headed. But the problem is in the mirror. And we don't like to admit that. We like to blame Washington and we like to blame this and that. We like to blame everybody but ourselves. But again, remember, remember our remedy at the very first for God to bless us? What was it? If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. God's going to keep his promise. He's asked us if we'll follow him and keep our promise. Next screen, please. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea 
No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God, as he promised you, will put terror and fear of you on the whole land wherever you go. Wherever you go, guys, it's going to be all right. Now, let me show you a picture. Next screen. When God promised the, what he just promised them was the promised land. It's this red box. That's what God promised Israel. From Egypt all the way up there to modern-day Syria, Iraq. You know how, how, many, how much part they've got right now? That kind of green-gray part right there by Israel. That's, that's all they have right now. They, as a matter of fact, they've never had all this land. You say, well, God promised. Why don't they have it? Because they would walk in with one foot, and they'd back up with two foot. They wouldn't keep going forward. They wouldn't keep following God. They would doubt. They would fear. They would back off. They'd get so close, and they'd back off. They would turn their hearts away from God and start worshiping false idols and putting something else before God, and they would get driven back out. But you know what? I believe as we study God's Word, as we look at all the things that are going to happen in the future, one of these days, the Jewish people are going to own all this land. Now, it's probably going to happen during a thousand-year reign. After the tribulation, after Jesus comes back to this earth, there's going to be a thousand years after that of peace and prosperity. And devil's going to be bound up for a thousand years, and it's going to be a good time to be alive. And during that time, he's going to allow them to, to, to have all this land that he, he promised them way back in, with Abraham. But because of di their disobedience, because they would not follow, because they would not listen, they would get so far and then he'd back off. Kind of like our Christian life. I'll get really fired up for the Lord sometime. Everything's really going good, and I'm, I'm marching forward with him, and then one little sin comes and just sets me back about ten steps. And man, I get going again, and I'm fired up for the Lord, and I'm really excited about what he's doing, and some little thought or some little thing comes into Todd's head, and Todd wants that more than he wants God, and I start backing up again. And it seems like we as Christians spend all of our life doing the two-step. Two steps forward and two steps back. That's what Israel did. Two steps forward and two steps back. Moving on. Now, here's the part about blessing and curses. This, this was really, this kind of made me preach this whole sermon because it, it really made me think. First of all, the choice, choice is yours. You say, well, I'm taking blessings. Are you? Are you on the way that you make decisions and the way you follow God? Look here. See, this is, this is, God talking through Moses. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. I'm giving you two roads. On this road is curses. If you follow this way, you're going to be cursed. If you follow this way, you're going to be blessed. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord, that God, the Lord your God that I am giving you today, if you follow God, you're going to be blessed. How many believe that this morning? Do you believe that? Have you seen that in your life? We can all say amen to that. When we follow God, we're blessed. What happens when we don't follow God? Curses. Curses. Here's what he said. He said, the blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord, the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I commanded you today by the following other gods, which you have not known. There's two ways. Now, 
Here's what he did. Let's go to the next screen real quick. They were, he said, when you come into the promised land, there's going to be two mountains. One's Gerzim and one's Ebal. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to take half the 12 tribes. I'm going to put six of you on this mountain. That's the blessings. That's Gerzim. I'm going to put the other six on this mountain. That's Ebal. That's the curses. In the middle is a little town called Shechem. And also, all over here, there'll be Levites that are going to pronounce all the blessings that will happen. And over here is another bunch of Levites, and they're going to pronounce all the curses that's going to happen if you don't follow God. And what I want you to do as groups is after they say each blessing, I want you to say amen. And when, you, you know what you mean when you say amen? God, I agree with you. God, I agree with you. And over here, every time they say a curse, and you say amen, what you're saying is if I do that, then I'm, I get what I deserve. I get that curse. Amen. And we do the same thing here. We, we hear the word of God. We hear God preach to us. We hear God talk to us. We hear God reach out to us through the word. And we go, I believe that. That's what I want. I want to follow God. But then we get up from that and we don't follow God sometime like we should. And we, we, pick, and we pick the wrong road. And down that road is destruction. And, and guys, listen to me. You'll read over in the back of Deuteronomy. Some of the curses they pronounced is just unbearable almost to say. He told them, listen to me, you're talking about God don't play. And I know this sounds gross, but he said, listen, if you don't follow me, there's coming a day where these people will come and drive you out of the promised land, and you're going to be so hungry that you're going to eat your own kids. You go, Brother Todd, that's terrible. If you'll look in the prophecy, in the times that happened after that, there was a time when the Israelites become so hungry that they ate their own children because they turned their back on God. See, here's the thing. God give us free will. And listen to me, just like that man I talked to you at the very first of this sermon, he can choose not to follow God. He has every right to do that. He can choose that, and we can choose to not follow God or to follow God. We have every right to do that. God has given us a free will, and he will not push himself on any of us. But when you stand up and make that decision, there's consequences. Just like I'm trying to teach Abby now. She's 13. We're trying to teach her that, yep, you can decide this and you can decide that, but there will be consequences. And Daddy's involved in a lot of those consequences. When God said, if you turn your back on me, you're going to suffer curses. God didn't curse those people. They cursed themselves. They fought, they went so far away from God, and they turned their back so far away from God that they didn't want no part of him that their mind went crazy. You'll just go crazy. You'll start believing this is true and that's true, and You'll start believing it's okay, and you'll sit there and convince yourself it's okay to sin, and you'll convince yourself that God's okay with that, and you'll get your mind thinking in a hundred different directions, and it's all about sin, and that's all we want as individuals is to sin. You know why I know that? Because half the questions I get, Brother Todd, it's not wrong to do this, is it? Brother Todd, it's not wrong to do this, is it? Brother Todd, is it wrong to do that? You know what it is? Is we want to get as close to sin as we can, but still God will love us. 
And you know what God said? He said, I want you to turn from sin, and I want you to flee. If you look up the word flee, it means to run as fast as you can. Now, that is not as fast as I used to be able to, but he wants you to run away from sin, not snuggle up to it, not warm by the enemy's fire. He wants you to run from sin, and he wanted these people to run from sin. He wants the United States to run from sin. He wants each of his children to run from sin and quit playing with sin because it will beat you. It will beat you if you do not include God in the battle. And we are quick to turn ourselves over to whatever we like rather than what God wants for us. And that's what happened. And it got really ugly. The amazing thing about this, if you look at the six tribes that went to the mountain of, of, uh, of blessings and you look at the six tribes that went to the mountain of, of uh, curses, those six tribes on the curses were the ones that, that failed for God. One of them was Dan. Some people believe that the Antichrist will come from the tribe of Dan. Other, other, one was Nephtali. They, they failed for God. If you look over here in these that were on the mountain of blessings, guys like Joseph, Manasseh, those that were successful for God were on that mountain. It's like he knew. Of course, God knows everything. But he, even in that, he knew some would follow and some won't. Today in 2015, some will follow and some won't. Some will try to do as much as they can and still feel like they're saved. But God has said, don't do that. He said, I want you to obey me. I want you to follow my commands. I want you to do what I've asked you. I want you to love with all my heart. And I want you to show that to your kids. And you know what? Think about it this way. It, it is so difficult for us to turn our attention to God. I know that because our brain goes 100, 100 miles a minute and our mind thinks about 100 things. If we will focus on God completely, we're going to be so busy we don't have time to sin. Now, you say, Brother I don't think we never get above sin. I understand that. I, we, we can defeat sin. The Bible says through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we can defeat sin. But you know what we like to say? Well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. You know, Brother Todd, I'm saying back to you, you guys know I'm just a sinner. And we just kind of accept that. That that's the only way. I'm just a sinner. You know what that's saying? It's too hard to really try. I'm just going to admit I'm a sinner. And we're all sinners, don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying? If we worked at this thing through the power of God and the power that God has given us, we wouldn't fail so much. We wouldn't fail so much. You're about to cross the Jordan to enter and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. When you've taken it over and are living there, be sure that you obey all the decrees and laws I'm setting before you today. Sometime in most of your lives, you were standing at the, the brink of the promised land. God was asking you to come and believe me as your Savior. And you stood there and you thought about it a minute and the Holy Spirit drawn you. You knew what you'd read. You knew by faith you needed to follow Christ. You know that Jesus died on the cross. You know that he paid the price for your sins. And you're standing right there and all of a sudden you go, Lord, I believe in you. I believe everything you say. And you took that step. And you stepped into the promised land. You stepped into the promised land of the Lord. And he saved you. And I think about this. When you have taken it over and are living there, when, now that we're living in the promised land, now that we know Christ, and I, I believe everyone that knows Christ is in a, in a promised area. What has he promised us? 
eternal life. He's promised that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's promised that I'm going to be with you. He's promised that whatever happens, I'm going to be there. And it says, be sure that you obey all the decrees and laws I'm setting before you today. Now that you're in the promised land, I want you to follow me. And you know what? Wherever you go, whatever you need, whatever you're up against, I'll be there for you. But he says, if you run from me, if you turn your back on me, if you follow other things rather than me, if everything in your life is more important than me, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you follow God, everything is hunky-dory all the time. But I am saying this. The struggles in our life sometimes, and a lot of times, are brought on to us by our own self and our own choices and our own decision to not follow God like we should. And none of us want to admit that. I don't want to admit that. You don't want to admit that. Because we want to blame somebody. It's got to be somebody's fault. That's the world we live in. It's somebody else's fault. Somebody's holding me down somewhere. You know who's holding you down? You. Me. Because God has the best plan for you. That God wants you to be all that you can be through him. He wants to pronounce blessings on you. But you get a choice. Our last screen. The choice is yours. What do you choose? I choose blessings, Brother Todd. That's a no-brainer. I understand that. But remember how we get the blessings. What did it say? To love me with all your heart, to follow my commands, to obey me, to walk justly, to walk close with me. You see, there's, there's something you've got to do to get those blessings. Stay close to God. Stay close to God. You can do whatever you want. You can chase everything you want to do. You can chase everything but God. But there are consequences. And we've all been in that place too. And we know how hard it can be. What's your choice today? Let's bow together. What's your choice? Lord, I just pray for me this morning because I don't, I can't pray for others as far as where my heart is. And Lord, I pray that, that you would just help me to follow you more. Lord, help me to stand for you. Help me to draw near to you. Help me not to put anything in your place. And Lord, I feel like I fall down more than I stand up. Lord, help me to love you. Help me to fear you. Help me to not take being a Christian and being a pastor lightly. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters because I know that we all struggle from time to time with this, these thoughts. This thought of wanting blessings but chasing other things. And Lord, I pray as each one of us, as we've read before, when we fall down, we get up and help our brother and help our sister. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Sometimes we feel like we're caught in the middle.
Lord, we want to do the right thing, but we still want to hold on to everything else. Lord, help us to surrender all. Help us to surrender all to our life. Help, please revive us once again. And Lord, let us remember what it's like when you make something beautiful out of our life. Lord, help us. In your name we pray.